it's Shakespeare saying, I can write this play, but this grief that this woman is talking about, I can't really express it the way we as humans feel it. This is the best I can do, which is very much Shakespeare, honestly, kind of doing a wink and a smile, I think. How do I do that? You know, because you want to be clear so the audience gets it. And yet at the same time, what is the honor I give to the umbrella picture of that moment? And what's more important? Hi, and welcome to The State of Shakespeare. I'm Jim Elliott. And I'm Garrett Vandermeer. And today on the program, we have Jolie Abraham. Jolie Abraham is a company member of the Pearl Theatre Company since 2008. Jolie is appearing as Hermione in The Winter's Tale at the Pearl Theatre, opening on February 10th, running through March 10th. Some of the plays she's appeared at in The Pearl are Hamlet, No Exit, and The Bald Soprano. On Broadway, she's appeared in Coram Boy and Bombay Dreams. Off-Broadway, she appeared in Twelfth Night as Viola at the Sonnet Rep. And regionally, this past fall, she appeared in the critically acclaimed new play The Wolf Twins by Rachel Bonds at the Studio Theatre in Washington, D.C. She's appeared in Love's Labor's Lost at the Shakespeare Theatre of D.C. And Jolie has a BFA from the North Carolina School of the Arts. Welcome, Jolie. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So... Jolie, you just Mm -hmm. started rehearsals, if I'm not mistaken, for The Winter's Tale. Yes, we just started a week ago. So you're toddling (laughs) at this point. (laughs) Yeah. What did you say? I'm toddling? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I've never heard that. I like that. Yeah, I am. I'm like a toddler. I'm really just trying to make sense of the, the lines of Hermione, but in the way that shows some of the secrets in the language, if that makes any sense. Well, tell us what the secrets are. Okay. You know, for so long when I've done Shakespeare, it's mostly about making sense and then hitting certain words and the emotion. But what I found is there are some people who are purists of Shakespeare who the end of the verse line is the end of the line. And that's how you play it. And I had heard that before, but in a different way that never made sense to me. And this time when I heard it, I it clicked. So I went back and I did all this work and I found all these different ways that the verse makes you it kind of creates a tension when you don't immediately finish the actual full line. When you leave it hanging at the end of the verse line, it's kind of, there's a tension that builds, there's a suspense, there's a surprise, and it kind of helps you in the way to go into the very next verse line. It's really interesting. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but that's kind of what I've been working on this week, basically. You absolutely are making sense. In fact, it's a debate that we've been having through the years on the state of Shakespeare you are what we would call a versist or turning into a versist versus a punctuationalist. Oh, no. I don't like labels. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well, that's a great segue into the speech that you've chosen to share today, Jolie. You've chosen to share Hermione from The Winter's Tale. Mm-hmm. And this is, Jim? Act three, scene two. And what's the situation? What's going on here? So this is the trial scene. And basically, everybody's waiting to hear. This is after Hermione has been accused by her husband, Leontes, of having an affair with his best friend, Polixenes. Who is Hermione and who is Leontes? So Leontes is the king of Sicily and Hermione is his queen. But Hermione is also the daughter of the emperor of Russia. So she has royal blood in her even before she was married. And Polixenes is Leontes' best friend. They grew up together as very small children, and he is the king of Bohemia. And he's been with us 
for nine months and he suddenly decides to leave or, you know, it just out of the blue, he kind of says, okay, it's time for me to go. And I am also nine months pregnant. Ah, I see. You know, figure out what you will about it. But Leontes comes to the determination that we have been messing around. So all these things have been thrown out. I've been in prison for about 23 days. I've given birth to the little girl and the girl has been uh, banished from the kingdom as well. So I don't know where the baby is now. So Hermione is in deep, deep trouble. I think she has kind of given over to the fact that I may very well die. And that's probably going to happen because my husband has gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. (laughs) But what I'm going to save is mine honor because my honor which is my name and my reputation, is the only thing I can give my children. It goes from bad to worse. Yeah, so exactly, exactly. So, but at the beginning of the scene, you know, that's all I can give my son now because I probably very well will die. You've been accused of infidelity and treason and you've been locked in jail and you've been hauled now into the court of the king for a kangaroo court. Now, does the audience know anything at this point that Leontes doesn't know? Is she innocent? Does the audience know? Is is there any doubt as to her innocence? There is a bit of a flirtation between Polixenes and Hermione, but it doesn't cross any sort of boundary. And you could just, you could play it any way you want. You could play it as just friendly, but the language is very sexual between them. So Garrett, to answer your question is, there shouldn't be really a question, but you know, we kind of want the audience to be like, huh, you know. Here's a classic question that you're likely to get asked in any acting one class, but what are the stakes then for Hermione in the moment that she begins to speak? Well, that's a good question. I think the stakes in the beginning of the scene are still saving my life and my honor, which basically is my children's honor. So it's saving the face of my children and finding my daughter. Those are my stakes. <laughs> Those are pretty high. Those are kind of high. <laughs> so you've got something to play for. Julie, would you speak the lines for us? Sure, sure. This is Jolie Abraham performing Hermione from The Winter's Tale, Act 3, Scene 2. Since what I am to say must be but that which contradicts my accusation and the testimony on my part no other... But what comes from myself, it shall scarce boot me to say not guilty. Mine integrity, being counted falsehood, shall, as I express it, be so received. But thus, if powers divine behold our human actions as they do, I doubt not then but innocence shall make false accusation blush and tyranny tremble at patience. You, my lord, Best know, who least will seem to do so. My past life hath been as continent, as chaste, as true, as I am now unhappy, which is more than history can pattern, though devised and played to take spectators. For behold me, a fellow of the royal bed, which owe a moiety of the throne, a great king's daughter, the mother to a hopeful prince, here standing to prate, and talk for life and honor for who please to come and hear. For life, I prize it as I weigh grief, which I would spare. For honor, tis a derivative from me to mine, and only that I stand for. I appeal to your conscience, sir. Before Polixenes came to your court, how I was in your grace, 
how merited to be so. Since he came, with what encounter so uncurrent I have strained to appear thus. If one jot beyond the bound of honor or in act or will that way inclining, harden be the hearts of all that hear me and my nearest of kin cry fie upon my grave. That was Jolie Abraham performing The Winter's Tale, Act 3, Scene 2. Jolie, you, you mentioned that you're experimenting with the verse endings of the line. Yes. Could you describe that in more detail for our listeners? Okay, so here's a good example. Towards the end, I say, For life, I prize it as I weigh grief, which I would spare. For honor, tis a derivative from me to mine, and only that I stand for. That is a full sentence, right? Lines 42 to 45 for those following along in the text. So, Jolie, when you say that that is a whole sentence, you mean that it's there's an end stop punctuation, but that is not, in fact, how the, the lines of verse scan out? The last four words are, for life, I prize it. That's the end of that verse line. And what, you could, what I could say is, for life, I prize it as I weigh grief, which I would spare. That's kind of the phrase. What I am deciding to do is say, for life, I prize it as I weigh grief, which I would spare. So what happens is I make you think I prize it, but when I go to as I weigh grief, I'm letting the audience know actually I don't. And vocally, you're lifting the word prize it to throw the ball up into the air. Exactly. Many people have said with this scene, Hermione's, all of Hermione's speech have all been iambic, perfect iambic. Ten syllables, ten syllables, maybe an eleven syllable sentence or verse line here and there. But most of it's ten, ten. And many people have thought, well, that shows how sure she is about herself and how she's, what her strength is like and how she's so measured about what she's going to do and say. And... That didn't really jive with me as a human being after everything she's been through. You also have to think she's physically so tired. Physically, the grief, but also the pain of having childbirth. She's been in a dungeon this whole time. You know, so there's a lot. There's another reason that she could not, that she could have the 10 syllable. And that's my job is to find those reasons. I think it's fascinating because when I looked at those first two lines, Mm -hmm. I said to myself, well, they beg that you have to move through the end line because the words are, you know, there's the theory that you look at the end words of the speech at the end of the line and they're big words usually. Mm -hmm. But in this case, they're that and and. And so I, I was saying to myself, you have to move. So she is coming in in a completely different state than you're describing. So I, I find that fascinating that yeah. their interpretation is so different. For now. Do you know what I mean? That's, it may very well change. And I have to be open to seeing what's the best way for that to begin. Because that's the first words I say in that scene. So Great advice for any actor starting out, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you stay stay very open and it's hard because you want to be so prepared. And to be honest, when you're a young actor coming out, you can't, I don't know, it's hard to be that open because one, you're just, you want to be right. You just want to be right, you know, especially when you start working professionally. And so my advice would be to honestly just trust that you got the job and trust that whatever, why you got the job is because you have it. So just play. Because it's really called a play. I have a technical question for you, Jolie. Mm-hmm. So I'm imagining Hermione surrounded by the court, mm-hmm. kind of a, a jury, and 
of course, Leontes is there, her accuser, mm-hmm. who's been grandstanding for this audience. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's anything in the text which indicates where Hermione might be appealing directly to Leontes and where she might be getting traction by playing to the crowd. This trial scene is almost like an intimate scene between the husband and wife because we actually never really had it out. So this is the first time we're actually getting to talk to each other. Well, that's a very interesting point that you bring up, and that really sends it home for me. Mm -hmm. I'm imagining that Leontes and Hermione, there was a confrontation at some point. Leontes accused her of infidelity, and he lost his temper and clearly went a little too far and walked out. And his cooling off process, instead of counting to 10, Mm -hmm. was that he threw her in the dungeon for 23 days. It's a little hard at that point to go back. The scene that he actually comes in and accuses me where there's all the lords and the ladies are there too. I say to him, gentle, my lord, you can scarce write me throughly then to say you did mistake, which basically is what I'm saying is when you come to realize what you did, you cannot take all this back by just saying you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the only husband and wife moment where you're like, let's just put it out. We're going to do this right here in front of everybody, aren't we? Right now, the way I take it is in that moment, right before I say you are honors all, when I speak to the public, I kind of turn my back on Leontes in that moment. And I'm like, I'm done. You know, the beginning of that, sir, spare your threat speech, I say, I see that your love is gone. And that's kind of also when I realize there's no more I can do with him. And I like that because that means that you are hoping or thinking that his love is still there when you start to speak what we're talking about. Yeah, because, yeah, because otherwise, what is the stake? You know, you guys ask, you know, now that I think about it, it's like, what are the stakes? And you're like, the stakes are also my my husband, my marriage, my love, because that's actually in that Sir Spare Your Threat speech. That's the first joy of my life that's been let go is your favor. I say that. Right. It's interesting as an actor always to imagine, well, we're, we're trained to ask, what do we want? What's standing in our way and how are we going to get it? And another fun question to ask is, well, what if I get what I want? The play, of course, has different ideas. And of course, Hermione will not be acquitted. But imagine if she were, if her speech were so persuasive yeah, totally. that Leonte said, you know what? Ah, uh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. My bad. I don't, I don't think their relationship is, is coming back from that. I think, I think they go their separate ways. Well, Garrett, then the play would be over. <laughs> I think she gets on a boat to Bohemia. Right. You know what I mean? If that's true. I'd be like, where's my baby? <laughs> well, I might. She's already done their time. She might as well do the crime. <laughs> I will be like couples therapy. You know, I could see her after she cooled down, maybe having some couples therapy. <laughs> this has been a great interview. Jim, do you have a capstone question? Well, I want to talk about how many monosyllabic lines there are in this speech. Lord. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven. When you see monosyllabic lines, does it do anything for you? Do you think anything? You know what? To be perfectly honest with you, Garrett, not at this point. It hasn't done anything right. to me. You know, I mean, it, you know, and that's like, that's me. That's Jim. Going I'm sorry. Yeah. I know you can't, I know you can't see us, but I have to say <laughs> it's Jim with the monosyllabic <laughs> line. Garrett thing. wants nothing to do with my monosyllable. <laughs> 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 it's Jim. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> 
okay. it's hard to differentiate the voices. So I'm trying to look at the screen and whose like bubble is like lighting up. <laughs> I'm the one with the handsome voice. Yes. You're the one with the handsome. Well, yeah. I have to say, you both have very soothing voices, actually. Thank you. Let me see. Um, since what I am just, you know, it hasn't. I got to be honest. It hasn't yet done anything for me. Not because it doesn't do anything, but because I haven't really had that moment yet to look at that part of the layer, to be honest with you. So, yeah. Well, I think we'll just cut that question then. (laughs) 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 I'm not going to fake the funk, man. I'm not. Uh, No, please don't. I don't want you to. (laughs) Because, you know, somebody out there is going to be like, what did you just say? That's a bunch of BS. Anyways. (laughs) Jolie Abraham's playing Hermione. In the Winter's Tale at the Pearl Theater, opening on February 10th, running through March 10th. Jolie, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, guys. You were so lovely. I had a great conversation. That was so great. I mean, can you guys talk to me about every scene I have to do? Absolutely. You can come back anytime. (laughs) Thanks so much, Jolie, and have a great run of the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for this experience. I'm Garrett Vandermeer. And I'm Jim Elliott. And thank you for listening to The State of Shakespeare. (laughs) We're big geeks. Oh, Garrett. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for the State of Shakespeare podcast. We invite you to visit stateofshakespeare.com for more episodes, information about each of our guests, and the Shakespeare text you heard on the program, and much more. And we welcome you to join the discussion by liking us on Facebook. That's www.stateofshakespeare.com. Thanks for listening.